0: Hello and welcome back to the Unlocking Theatre podcast. In this week's episode we are going to be interviewing the the lovely Matt Lee, who starred in musicals such as Mary Poppins as Bert, and he is currently playing Olaf over in the Australian production of Frozen. But before we get into that, this is this week's staging news. Diana, the musical about the People's Princess, will premiere on Netflix October 1st, 2021. Lambert Jackson's production of Brooklyn the Musical, starring Emma Kingston, Marisha Wallace and many others, can be viewed on stream theatre until April 4th, so don't miss out. The All-Star cast has been announced for the digital production of Disenchanted, which is going to be available to stream on Stream Theatre from the 9th to the 11th of April. Last Saturday, we celebrated World Theatre Day by joining many others on social media, sharing theatre memories. And finally, we've announced our giveaway in celebration for hitting 300 followers on instagram so head over to our instagram to enter the giveaway closes on sunday at midnight so be quick enjoy the episode
1: my name is matt lee i am an australian uh theater performer um i have been in a bunch of musicals i've worked in television i've worked in film but um, I think your viewers or listeners would probably know me from the Mary Poppins UK and international tour that happened back in
2: 2015 to 2017. So what have you been doing in lockdown in Australia? Like how's that been? Um, Look it's been okay. Okay
1: so it all kind of went pear-shaped back in March and I was actually preparing ready to get started for the Australian production of Frozen which is which we were supposed to start in June so we went into lockdown and um, it wasn't too bad. You know, was, I think as most of the world kind of got on board at the beginning, it was a bit of a novelty. You know, this is interesting. This is a bit weird. This is a bit whatever. Um, but we were lucky enough um, to get it sorted early, get it nipped in the bud early. Um, and we've managed to kind of come back out to some semblance of normalcy. Um, where we're, you know, we're able to go outside and we're able to, uh, you know, we've still got gatherings of less than 100 and bits and pieces. But unfortunately, Melbourne down south from where I am um, had a massive big second wave. So they've in, they're in hard lockdown right now. So they're doing it really tough. But um, it hasn't been too bad for us people uh, in Sydney. See, we, we got it just before our winter. So then we went through our winter, which was quite, you know, I think that's where they were quite nervous about it spreading, easier and i think you guys are headed that in that direction as well so my fingers are crossed for you
0: (laughs) (laughs) so one of the most recognizable things of playing Bert is probably the accent and i feel like as a british person that accent is hard so how did you find learning that accent
1: i had a when i first because i first did the show in australia um back in 2010 and um i had a i had a dialect coach and stuff, but. We kind of found that the similar sounds with the Australian, with the Cockney accent and the Australian accent kind of, kind of um, complemented each other in terms of making the same vowel sounds and stuff. I did a bit of work with our, with our uh, dialect coach back then. But then when I came to the UK, it's obviously a very different story because they said to me, Oh, you know, you won't get away with a lot of what (laughs) you got away with in Australia because Aussies don't really know the difference. Whereas I'm going to be going around the UK and everyone's going to be like, that's not a Cockney accent. How dare you? All of that. Um, But it wasn't too bad. Everyone was very lovely. And I had a lot of help from a lot of my castmates, which was great. Um, And we had a, we had a stage manager who um, to me sounded quite Cockney. I don't know whether she was, but sounded to me like she was. (laughs) And so I would say to her, Hey, say this word. Hey, say that word. Can you say that? And she would, and I'd just mimic her and they were like, oh, that sounds good. So yeah, I had some help from my mates, which was good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, obviously it's such a dance heavy show and you've had sort of a background in dancing as well. What would you say is your favorite number or favorite part to perform?
1: In Mary Poppins, it would have to be Step in Time. Um, You know, that, I mean, that's a cardio little extravaganza in itself. You know, I get to tap dance upside down on the proscenium, which is you don't (laughs) do every day. So that's always good. And I just love the athleticism in the number. It's so well choreographed. Like Matthew Vaughn and Stephen meir have done the most amazing job choreographing that show, which is why I think it continues to be a success whenever it's reincarnated in whichever part of the world. But also, you know, Super Cow is also a, a favourite of mine because you get to spell those letters out with your body. And again, um, it's so clever and unique and original. So there's so much choreography in that show that is so brilliant It was a joy to do, it really was.
0: Did you feel like, especially in England, when you performed it, there was quite a high expectation of the show? Because obviously, I feel like especially British people, we hold the film really high, and then we see it as like one of our shows. So was there quite a high expectation going into it?
1: Yeah, look, I had many expectations coming over because I was the guy they brought over, right? So everyone's gonna be putting me under the microscope and saying, you know, why you? <laughs> but I had, I was welcomed so wonderfully from the company. And I think that it is such a beloved story by the British audience that I think that they can't help but have a good time. They can't help but get swept away in the story. And cause it's such a familiar story and it's such a story for all ages. It reaches such a wide demographic. I think that's why everyone walked out of the show absolutely on a high. And it was really, really brilliant to come to the UK and, and, and experience it through the eyes of a different audience. Because, you know, I've, I've seen it through the eyes of the Australian audiences, and they absolutely adored it. And it was so nice to come to the UK and, and um, see them, if not more, enjoying it. So it was brilliant. It was so cool
0: in the UK obviously you did the tour around England but obviously you've also performed it in Australia and Dubai how do yeah. different audiences respond to the show
1: uh, i think because the messages are quite universal uh everyone kind of gets on board with the story of family like it's about it's a story about family foremost um, so everyone comes from some sort of family and everyone comes from a dysfunctional family, whether we'd like to admit it or not. So everyone's got some sort of dysfunction in their family. But I think the thing that was most uh, bizarre, I would say from a performer's perspective was performing in Dubai. And I think it's because in the Middle East, they haven't had a lot of theater. They, haven't, they don't have any education a lot in theater. And I mean, apart from the Western people that are there, the, the people that live there, they haven't had a lot. Of, so they used to turn up, five minutes before um, the show to get their tickets, like as if you were going to the cinema. So they would turn up and there'd be lines outside and and they would come into the theater 30, 40, 50 minutes into the show and just they would mill around, they'd be on their phones, they'd be on their iPhones. It was like they were sitting in their living rooms watching a film. And they had said to us, "It's quite bizarre because this is the only se- this is the second musical that's been to Dubai. The first one was Les Mis, and so the second one was uh, Mary Poppins. So they were still educating uh, the people in Dubai on on theatre etiquette, what to do and when to get there, and how to buy your tickets and all that. So we experienced that. We were there for one month, and um, it was quite um, it was quite a surreal experience. I'll just say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like something Mary Poppins, especially the show, is is known for is all the tricks and things like that did you have a favorite trick without obviously giving anything away
1: there is a lot of magic in the show obviously but then there's a lot of magic that can go wrong (laughs) (laughs) so they should really do mary poppins like the play that goes wrong could they could do with mary poppins but you know there's little bits and pieces i mean i didn't get to do all the crazy stuff that mary does mary does the most magic in the show I had my own little bits and pieces, but you know, there are times when I have to pull a, uh, a bouquet of flowers out of a painting. And one time I remember I pulled the flowers out of the painting and they flew out of my hands into the wings and I started laughing, Zizi started laughing, the audience started laughing. So there's these moments like that where you just, where little things, little tiny things can go wrong that can set you off, but yeah. I I, there was nothing more major than that I suppose Um, I suppose you know Zizi had her cover bag and all that kind of stuff but yeah just little moments like that for me
2: (laughs) yeah so you were a judge on so you think you can dance in Australia I was how did you find that kind of like having to judge people do you find that quite a hard thing to do Yeah, I mean, because
1: we all sit in our living rooms at home and we're the greatest judges when we're in the comfort of our own home, right? But there's no class you go to to take to learn how to be a judge on a reality television show. It's really quite bizarre. So when I got the job, I was actually screen testing for just a choreographer because we had the American show here in Australia and they said they were doing a local production, a local version, and I said, oh, I really want to be considered as a choreographer because I'm a choreographer also. So I went in for a series of screen tests and they came back to me and said, oh, how would you like to be a judge? I was like, what? <laughs> judge? And that was a bizarre experience. So the three of us they put together, um, we kind of just fell into our natural personalities and um, it kind of was very natural. No, None of us were ever told how to be, what to do, what to say. But I come from a kind of a more... I was more the dancers ages at the time. Like I could relate to them and also being a performer myself at the time that was still going for auditions and still trying out for things and stuff. I could relate to them at that way. And whereas uh, the other two, Bonnie and Jason were a little bit older and, and have had wealth and plethoras of experience, but I think I could connect with the, the, the contestants more uh, on an age level of what where they were in their lives at the time. But it was awesome. It was so great because being a dancer myself, um, being a part of a, a program that celebrates dances and puts the dancers in the spotlight, because, you know, the dancers are always behind people. Dancers are behind the singer. Dancers are the chorus at the back. Dancers don't have a name, a face or whatever. they just the colour and the movement. So to learn their names, their stories, where they've come from and how, hard they've worked and how hard they've trained to be a part of a show like that that really puts them in the spotlight was awesome and it was really well received too it, it did really well so I was very lucky very lucky boy
2: did you find it hard kind of choreographing and then also having to judge them was that quite yes yeah, so following? I never
1: choreographed anything that I had to judge okay so I would so on the on the say on the Sunday night show we would just have all the couples doing their Uh, routines that would be judged that we would judge and then on a Monday night which was the elimination show we would do a kind of like a group routine that wasn't judged it was just a performance so I used to choreograph more of those that because it would have been a bit hard for me to judge my own stuff (laughs) but um, yeah so I just stuck to that and we have a plethora of choreographers here that are amazing that did brilliant work so it was awesome.
2: Cool. Do you prefer performing or choreographing like what's your Uh,
1: favorite? It's it's been a really awesome thing for me to be able to switch lanes so mm. frequently because you know as the shows come to town you're not always right for all of them so I've managed to find my way navigating through different lanes of sometimes I'll get into a theatre show and I'll do that for a while and then when I come out of that show I manage to work in television on choreographing on television and working on reality shows and stuff like that and I've kind of just done that my whole life and I think one. Again, compliments the other. When you're not ever that, you, well, when you get tired of doing one thing, you're like, right, I'm going to focus on put my energy into being creative, and I'm going to create this work for this show. And I'm not, I'm going to be behind the scenes, and I'm going to see how that works. And then you kind of go, oh, I've got the bug again to get on stage. So, oh, like what shows auditioning? Oh, I'll go and do that. So, it's been cool for me to be able to navigate that way. And it's also again very lucky. I'm very lucky to be able to have done that. So
2: yeah. I didn't really
1: answer the question, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And in uh, December you're going to be Olaf in Frozen in Australia. Yes. What can you tell us about that, because obviously it's Disney and it's all very kind of secret.
1: Yeah, so you guys are getting your production in April, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Which is awesome. Yeah, so I originally, um, obviously when I got cast in it, I had a month to get over to see it before Covid happened, so we didn't know COVID was going to happen. So I had planned on before the show started and getting myself to New York to see it. But then the world turned to, um, you know, turned to what it turned to and I didn't get to see it. So from what I can see from the images and footage and stuff that I've seen online, uh, it just looks like a beautiful, wonderful, you know, again, story, family story that it's for everybody. It's about sisters and, you know, again, a family story that about a a family bond and For me, my character, he, you know, we all, everyone knows Olaf, so there's a bit of pressure there. (laughs) Again, when I was auditioning for the show, they originally asked me to go in for Hans. And I said, really? I think I'm too good looking for a Disney prince, but I'll (laughs) give it a crap. So I went in for Hans and I went through the process and they said, look, we're going in a different direction, which is code for taller and prettier. So... We think that, you you know, when you come into a room, and it was really lovely. When you come into a room, you light up the room and you bring so much joy into a room. And I said, oh, well, that's lovely. Thank you. Um, they said, so we have this character, Olaf, who that's the, that's the embodiment of him. That's his spirit. So we think you'd be perfect. And in my head, I went oh, really? A snowman? I, don't, I didn't feel like I looked like, I was like, do I look like the snowman? Do I blah, blah? Anyway, so they're like, it doesn't matter. It's not about what you look like. It's not about aesthetics. It's just about bringing the essence of the character to life. So I went, sure, look, I'm I'm not fussy at all. And I was like, give me the material. So I went in and I did it and they were like, awesome. And then I had to go back as, as you do, you go back and forth and back and forth. And then I found myself in a puppet workshop with a puppet on and I was running around with a puppet. And then... They had our final, which was in December of last year um, when Michael Grandage came out and Thomas Schumacher from Disney and ended up getting the gig, which was just amazing. Um, Yeah, so I'm really thrilled to get started because, you know, Frozen is such a beloved story by anyone and everyone around the world. Um, So I'm just getting excited to get in and get started.
0: So obviously you were in the film. And you were playing, like, the capture principal of Mumble. I just wonder, how did you get involved with that project?
1: Yeah, so it was, again, a crazy one. But uh, my friend Kelly Abbey, who is a a brilliant she was actually one of my teachers growing up and she's a brilliant choreographer here and she's started in so many shows and choreographed so many things and I got a phone call from her saying hey I'm doing this project do you want to come in we would love to have a meeting with you about it and at the time I was like sure I wasn't doing anything and um, she said George Miller is attached and he is the director that directed Happy Feet but he also directed Bad Max and Babe and all those films and I looked him up and I was like oh that's a bit he's a bit special. I should maybe brush my hair or something. And so I went in and I walked into this big warehouse and there was Kelly, my friend Kelly and another dancer stood in a motion capture suit, which I'd never seen before. A motion capture suit with this helmet with a big beak on her head. And she was stood there in the middle of this massive space. And I remember thinking, what is going on? And they said, take a seat. We'll be right with you. And then they ended up telling me that we're doing a story about penguins and we're doing a film about penguins and every penguin has a heart song and they their song matches with another penguin. And once they find that song, they're mates for life. So I was like, Oh my God, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Um, but we're going to do a story about this couple that have a baby that can't sing. He can only tap dance. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. And so they said, we want you to kind of screen test for a couple of the different characters and screen test meaning like kind of bring the characters to life with character traits and physically and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I had to put the suit on and I put the beak on and we went in and I, I, George gave me some direction for a few of the different characters. And anyway, they came back to me and said, "Uh, George would love you to play mumble. And I was like, isn't that the, isn't that the league guy? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, yeah, he loves you. He thought you were great, blah, blah, blah. And because I'm a tapper as well. And so I ended up doing that for four years. And we shot the film for four years. And because they were developing the technology as we were going. So um, they're the same company that created the character Gollum for the Lord of the Rings. So they had done that. But Gollum was only in a very small part of that film. So they hadn't actually developed uh, the technology to have a whole film uh, and a whole uh, kind of on screen, like, army, you might use the term of, of penguins. So they were develop, developing it as we went. So we would kind of do six months on and then take three months off or they did some developing and six months on and they were really cool because they worked around our schedule and there were a few of us in the cast, there was only 15 of us, there was a few of us in the cast that went off and did other shows like musicals and other projects whilst we were shooting Happy Feet and they would say, right, how long is that show going to go for you? Oh, well, we're going to be here for this long. So they're like, right, when you finish that, you can come back and we'll get started again. And so they were really cool. They really worked around us. So, but it was really cool because, It was like 15 of us, we were really close friends and we all happened to just get along really well. So it was an awesome experience that turned out to be um, a pretty great film. And I got to share the role of of Mumble with Savion Glover, who did all the tap sequences, like all the crazy tap sequences was um, Savion. And then a lot of the group dance sequences was me. And then all of the acting things that could be done humanly possible were all me. So we kind of shared the role. But yeah, it was lots of fun.
2: That's so cool. And um, did
0: you kind of like rehearse in a similar way to how you would in the theatre? Because obviously, if you were doing it for four years, did you have like a decent rehearsal period, or how did that kind of work? I
1: don't know. So what we would ha- what would happen, uh, which happens a lot on film, is they're writing the film as they go. So they're writing the film, so stories changing, scenes are changing, voice actors are changing. So we would have to wait till they sh- they recorded the voice actors doing the scene. Then we would get the scene on the day. We would learn it on the day. And then we would, act- we would put it on its feet. And it was kind of like that. And then we would go, oh, George has changed his mind. The story is now going in this direction. So we have to redo this and we have to change that. So it wasn't a, like a theatre rehearsal where you've got it solidly written and you learn it for four to six weeks and then you perform it. This was ever-changing and ever-evolving. So that's why it took four years to do. Yeah. And when they did the second film, it took half the amount of time because they'd already done all the developing of all the technology. So it wasn't as long. But yeah, we, the things would change. We would get scenes in the morning and be shooting them through the day and then get another set, set, set of sides the next day that... You'd have to go through and they'd give you the CD CDs back in that day. Ah, oh, how old? They'd give you the CD of the um, of the scene. You would take it home, learn it, and then
2: come back into it the next day. Oh, cool. Uh, what yeah. was your favourite moment from the film
0: as a whole? All the,
1: all, obviously, all of the dance sequences. The dance sequences were pretty epic because we would have to film the principal action, which was the core characters, but then we would have to film all the extra actor all the, all the extra dancers on and we would have to fill them fill them in layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer because it was only 15 of us. They could only duplicate 15 people or 15 penguins. So we would film a certain different kind of versions of each to then they would layer them and layer them and layer them and make them go f- till the eye could see. But um, that was fun because we would make each other laugh because, I mean, dancers have this innate way of just making the best out of any situation they're in we could we just made ourselves laugh. we just laughed for four years it was awesome um but yeah i would say the dance sequences because i mean dancing to boogie wonderland and kiss by prince and the music was epic so Mm. it was awesome
2: definitely and how was it kind of like transitioning into wearing the capture motion suit and kind of getting used to all of that was that quite difficult it was it
1: it was a process getting used to that um but then again once you'd done it like once we were in it, it just became second nature and you'd turn Mm -hmm. up to work and you'd put it on and they'd have robes for us. And there was a lot of sitting around, I have to say that, because as they were working and developing, we were left to our own devices. So there was a lot of table tennis. There was a lot of handball. Do you have handball in the UK? You know,
2: handball.
1: Handball, there was... We used to make up games. We used to do, yeah, everything. But, yeah, the suit kind of just became like a second skin, really. So it was put your gloves on, put your beak on, and because all of the points were everywhere. So, yeah, second nature by the end.
0: Ready for some quick yeah, fire, quick I fire
2: think. Yeah, fire. yeah. Okay. I'll set a two-minute timer. All right. These e. you
1: know, that's got a bit sweaty. <laughs> all
0: right. Are you ready? I think yeah. so. Three, two one go a Dreamcast member
1: zizi stralin
0: a show you wish more people saw
1: oh um here or there um oh what um our production of rent didn't run as long as i would like it have done
0: <laughs> okay if you could make a staged version of any film or tv show what would you pick
1: a stage version of any TV show. Well, I know Friends, the musical's getting done, so that.
0: That'd be cool. A show that you think is underrated.
1: We had a great show out here called The Boy From Odds, which made it to Broadway, but it only lasted a year. Um, and I managed to do it here with Hugh Jackman, and it is the most beautiful story of Peter Allen and uh, Liza Minnelli and everyone, and it only lasted a year on Broadway, so I wish that had gone longer, and I wish it had gotten to the UK, and I wish that more people would see it.
0: Um, Supercala or Step in Time? Ah, Step in Time! <laughs> <laughs> a show you wanna see after lockdown?
1: A show I wanna see after lockdown is Hamilton, cause we've got it here, and it's opening in March. So I saw it in New York, but I'm really super thrilled to um, see some of my mates in it here. So I'm excited.
0: A favourite set you've performed on?
1: I'm going to go back and say, uh, I'm going to say The Boy From Oz With Jackman only because it was an arena production. So it was the closest thing that I'll probably get to touring with a um, a major pop star because we played arenas out here for twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 people and it was like a proper, and it was directed by Kenny Ortega who does stuff for Michael Jackson. So it was an epic uh, arena thing so that was probably my faves.
0: Um, a soundtrack you love to listen to? Uh,
1: Miss Saigon. I listened to Miss Saigon uh, as a child growing up and then when I was lucky enough to do it um, I was the nerd in the wings every show singing <laughs> in the
0: <laughs> Um Hot or cold weather?
1: Oh hot sorry cold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Someone who inspired you growing up?
1: There is a very famous um, director choreographer showman here his name is David Atkins um and he produced a lot of shows here in Australia, and he now um, directs all the, um, the major Olympic events and all the major big biggest shows in the world they call them. He inspired me to grow up because he used to teach me when I was younger, and I always wanted to do that when I got old got older
0: and one last one, Julie Andrews or Emily Blunt.
1: Oh Julie Andrews, sorry Emily. okay.
0: <laughs> I feel like British people would probably kill you if you said oh Emily really. Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> no it's julie all the way The
2: um, thing we like to end on is we ask you to put a musical theater song into our big playlist oh, so wow. we'll ask you first and then we'll put ours in
1: a musical theater song into a massive playlist yeah um off the top of my head i mean what am i listening to at the moment um you probably already maybe have have you got satisfied from hamilton
0: no, I don't think we have actually. I think we have.
2: That's mine. Uh, Alice, what are you going for this week?
0: Um, I'm going to put Rob Houchin's cover of Into the Unknown into the playlist. Yes.
2: Bethany, I'm going to go for Together Wherever We Go from Gypsy. And I'm going for Being Mrs. Banks from Mary Poppins. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this again.
1: Hey, you are welcome. Thanks for, thanks for finding me and having a
2: chat. I had a great time. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I hope, you know, like Frozen can open. Me too. Can... Well, I'm
1: starting rehearsals in a month and then oh. we're supposed to um, open on the 1st of December. And I think we've been given the big old go ahead. So I think uh, we're opening as well and they're doing the Broadway production of Pippin here as well, which is opening the week before us. So theatre is trying to get off the ground here. And I feel like I saw that Six is opening back on the West End over there, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get there everyone. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Guys, it's lovely to meet you all. Bye. Thank you. See you later.